Hello there. My name is Ruben and welcome to my podcast. On the show I speak to a bunch of my friends about the experiences and learnings over the last 10 years. If you know me, there's a high chance you'll know many people on the show. So tune in to find out more about what they've been up to all these years. On today's show, I'm speaking with Nitin, aka Madhu. I met Madhu back in 2010 in college where we were neighbors on campus. We chat about his journey from college all the way to New York where he lives now. He tells me about how he went from being a quiet and shy guy to this absolute extrovert, trying out different things early in his career, running a photography side hustle, and his life in the Big Apple. Hope you enjoy the conversation. Thanks for taking time, man. I know we had a, a scheduling mess up, but uh, we are here. <laughs> That's my mom. Oh. Hi, Ali. Put me in the background a little bit. You can also come hi, and say hi to the. How are you? Fine, fine. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You know, you also have to interview Saint Stephen's students' parents also, especially. I think that's a that's a great uh, second version. Say season two of the podcast. Yeah, season two. Then you'll have some more secrets coming out. You know? <laughs> These boys about their childhood and how they oh, were and all. Oh, deep introspection. Oh, that's good actually. Yeah, so you should do that also. One. Done. Let's do it. Thanks, thanks for all your yarn. No, I'm just giving him some ideas. All the best, Sandra. Thank you. Oh, wow. <laughs> actually, that's pretty good. Yeah, the moms of all the people on the podcast. Oh my God, you're so funny. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I think uh, coming back, um, and we're probably going to leave all of that in the podcast because it's fun. <laughs> um, is um, no, so thanks for taking time for doing this, man. Uh, there's so much I want to speak to you about. So why don't we start, right? Why don't we start? We met back in 2010, uh, and so much has happened. I know it's a challenge, but if you can smash it into like two minutes. how how life has been or what all like basically what all stuff you've been up to uh, since since 2010 wow that's uh, well it's basically a lot of random things that have been done since 2010 got a degree <laughs> in mathematics it's uh, we haven't been used much <laughs> since 2010 uh when we all moved to gurgaon uh, did really a bunch of random jobs uh then came to new york for my masters Don't know how, but make came there uh, after my master. I stayed in New York, and it was great. Uh, last ten years that way have been like all over the place. There was no exactly grand plan as such. What I was going to do, when I was going to do what, but definitely had great people to have along with. So definitely made the last ten years great that way. But yeah, in that sense, there wasn't much of like I would say what one would call the great journey of discovery. It was just a Nice, great journey with folks and people, and now I'm here talking to you. Ten years later, still not knowing where we are going. <laughs> so I think let's go back to the start. I remember meeting you, I think in 2010, in one of the first months. You know, we were like neighbors, right? And I clearly mm-hmm. remember this vivid picture of you sitting on that bed, reading your book, and eating some bujia. <laughs> <laughs> It's so vivid. And then I think we were having a chat, and then you were like, "Oh, come, come! I'll show you some. I, I got some food." And you open your cupboard, and there was this stash <laughs> inside the cupboard. Fast forward to the end of college, which is end of 2013. Like you were a different person. You had hair like crazy. You had a page to yourself in the yearbook. What? What happened? Like 
talk to me about this this journey of yours right from a very i would say you know closed i won't say introverted but very that is that's what what it seemed on day one to this extremely extroverted person and 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 what happened along those three years and wh- why do you think that happened were there things you know you were trying to achieve were there things you were was there something behind all of that how how did it happen or it was just totally random ah uh, so i mean in real world to be describing would be almost like a nice coming of age movie plotline in a way <laughs> but it's basically along the same lines i mean like like it's how you describe first time i remember i remember meeting you for the first uh, i remember you were nadeem's roommate and for the first you weren't there for the first month or so because you you hadn't moved in we yeah. all we knew knew was like this one boy from faridabad was coming and we never knew when you were coming so you just <laughs> and that time i think nadeem took over the entire room he put up those posters remember yeah yeah like that's how i remember meeting when he came there like, uh, and then we were like basically staying we were staying in the same hostel and like yeah i think that's how most people would remember me from my first year as well like it was along the same lines i was uh, since school coming to uh, my first year of college i was deeply like i love reading books i uh i would just like reading books i remember once even i was reading a book in uh, i think it was right before our break i completely forgot the class was over i was still reading my book in the last bench i think tani came in and asked me he was like are you okay and i was like oh shit the class is over <laughs> uh really didn't feel like want to talk to a lot of people that time because it's really like and maybe i was also a little bit shy that time you know just like hmm. this is the first time you're leaving home you're coming and staying by yourself you know you're meeting all these new people you don't know how to react or talk and then of yeah. course there's uh college also has its own uh, as you like how, like i said like a coming of age movie plot line there are different groups in college right yeah they have in ways of like talking to people people have on their own interests you know there were the cool kids the not so cool kids the nerdy kids you know everything was there but then i guess like you know second or third year especially second year i think after my first year i realized you know what there was a question that i asked like what exactly do i want to get out of college right uh at the end of the day like when i came there like i guess as any indian student would know it's like we really don't choose what we want to do in our college right like subject wise we depending on what we do in our 11th and 12th we automatically know what we're going to be doing in our college right whether it's going to be going to be an engineer or whatever it's not like one how you other people talk about where oh i went to my first year and i experimented with a bunch of subjects and i found this passion and i followed it and i discovered something no ours is just we land up we're like oh this is the eight subjects you learn for the next 3 years there's no who what what where nothing we just learn it and we're done with it there's nothing there's no questions about it. so the only thing that we do decide is what we do in the spare time we get there mm. so that was a very good question to ask yourself like like especially for me like oh what do i really want to do when i'm here like this 3 years like cuz after all like after all the movies we see the songs we like no this is like i'll be called the pivotal time maybe figure out what you want to do for the rest of our lives and you know i'm like if I, if if i was going to follow that trajectory then i would be sitting eating bujia and reading a book for the rest of my life which <laughs> is a bad thing actually i think about it now especially sitting in the yeah. pandemic but it was a long distance on that where did the question come from like you said in your second day you started thinking about this but what mm-hmm. you know made you ask yourself that question on you know whether, whether what do i want from college was it you were not like excited about law the course or you were just eating too much of bujia and read too many books or, or where do you think that came from i mean bujia was definitely i wouldn't say it's a factor that moved but bujia was very important in our lives then for sure like i remember in our rooms we had like four cups 
like like you said you know i had a whole cupboard full of snacks right and uh, there's also i'm sure enough stories where i lost my temper when some people <laughs> come under certain influences and try to eat my snacks some would call it was equivalent of having mushrooms in my room <laughs> and then they were eating it in terms of what influence it i think it's just like i guess it was like what it just happened in those uh, nut questions like i remember the first year all of us were trying to get into certain clubs like to very redefine to what we were uh, studying as well like you know i remember we were in the entrepreneurship shelf together and uh, there was the cpc all very classic you know like how you would imagine going and then uh, i got kicked out of one of those clubs for no like and that's a, like another story altogether like just for no reason i guess and i think that was a work time i started thinking like what do i want to do exactly right like what i was technically doing at the point was like oh, somebody was saying isl is a good thing to do the future entrepreneurship it's a high pay and i went along with it like what most of us would do at that age right because we're not really thinking too much along the lines of oh where do we want to move we were still in that very strong herd mentality at the end of the yeah. day even now at the end of the day we, no matter how old we get there's always going to be that aspect there for us yeah uh and then that was when i started thinking why don't i try things which i don't think i would do otherwise like you know what would be those things and then that's how that thought process like because end of the day study wise nothing changed like we were it was preset courses designed by the university there was nothing to very uh adventurous anything about in those lines we we would just go to class every day if we make it for our 840 it was great <laughs> somehow because we needed the attendance to stay in like you know and rest but apart from that it was just basically how your activities people you met like you know how they would change your decision in that way so it was basically along those lines and that's about it like you know that's the thing like you just there was just, just that need to was like start thinking like who what you would like to do and that's how the question began got it it was not like it was not like um, i'm not going to give like it wasn't a ground breaking like moment where i think like you know i i mean it wasn't it won't be great for the coming of age plot line where there's that pivotal moment where the you know the protagonist is like oh my lord dil toota yeah you know like thappad raha hai kisi se you know the cool kid kicked him out you know there's no transformation no princess diary situation happened it was yeah. just like that one like oh what do i want to do yeah and i think that's a very simple question anyone can ask themselves it's a very hard question even though it's as simple as it sounds like cuz no one even now i don't know the answer right like yeah. you're still going to keep trying still trying to figure out so yeah that was just like the question <laughs> It's interesting how you feel that you know it was just an it's a it's a normal question, right? It wasn't that groundbreaking a thing. But if you ask anybody who knew you um, over those three years, that was probably one of the most pivotal or most groundbreaking things we all saw outside in. Um, but it's really interesting that that it wasn't a big a big deal for you. It was just like okay, this is this is what I want, and I'm just going to pursue it. So so then you know this. coming of age of maju happened right <laughs> you you were all over the place and you i think for the most part uh, and by broad generalizations you know you ended up in the shake shop why did you choose that was it because they were the cool kids to be fair it was probably by process of elimination i think it was the only group that let had me at that point cuz like i said like my first day i tried all the like you know proper there was the finance cell e cell campus placement cell one by one they were like we were dropped right and then the second year i was i thought okay like this is what i want to try next you know what what i want to really try and figure it out in terms of like sexual like for lighting i really liked it so i stuck like i stuck with it uh one would say i tried also i tried very hard actually for all three years for music sock right mm-hmm. and third year i thought you know finally you know i, I did with that i don't know if you remember this font thing i used to yeah, do with my yeah, hand yeah. right 
And I thought, okay, finally some instrument I could use, you know, to finally show that I have some musical talent. And even then also like, <clears throat> Chuck wouldn't appreciate it. In third year also, he kicked me out of the auditions. So it's not like, I, I would say like, uh, Seisha was the thing I wanted to do. It's also, it's one of the things I tried to do as well. Mm. And it's one of the things like, I have found something in it that kept me in it as well for a longer period of time. What, what, what kept you in it? Lighting. I really liked lighting for the, like, you know, plays. Like, you know, it was there. There was some sense of like, you know, like understanding. I enjoyed doing it. Uh, it was, it was, it was great that time. You know, like it was something that I liked doing. So, but and I stuck you also love the parties. I mean, the parties are always great, man. But it wasn't like the thing, like, to be fair, like, uh, in my first year, the parties I loved the most was, I don't know if it's like the right word to use, but like the... The <laughs> Malayali community party, the Malu communities, they were great. You know, I used to go with Joe. Uh, <laughs> the, oh my God, I remember we used to go to Vijayanagar and all. Uh, so it was great. It was like, I just like dancing in general after a point. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, first I really didn't dance that much. I think that also became a passion that, like, you know, and that sense was funny because I realized I didn't like. Uh, dancing in a group, like, you know, proper, like, in, and we had a Western choreographed society, there would be uh, there, <laughs> not really good at dancing per se, but I would be like, oh, one of the few guys would show up to dance. So they'd be like, you know, one guy, half scrawny guy is better than no guy at all. So mm. I was included in that. But then realized party was just fun because it was, I liked dancing a lot, right? Like, you know, after a point I became like, it was fun, like it was a nice... I guess a mental release was something after you realized it was something you liked doing, irrespective of whether you look good doing it or not. It was great. Mm. Hence why, like, yeah, uh, Facebook definitely had like uh, the theme of parting to it. Because after all, there's the they had the phrasing, we had the fops, you know. Oh, fops. Yes. Oh, man. I haven't heard that word for ages. Fops. Yeah, uh, like full on party scene, you know, like the, and we had like a bunch of variations of that, right? Like, yeah. so the parting theme was there for sure. Yeah. Uh, but I think it was just like there anyway, like, you know, as a group, we also used to go out. I remember that as well. It's just that I guess it was more, how would I say, organized that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. so. It had more organized factor because they had to have after every play that, right? The after party. So, but apart from that, no, I wouldn't say like just that. Like people were great as well there, right? Like yeah. there were a few people who, who I met, they were great to have like hang out with. They were like, you know, good people. So hence why. What is something you learned the most during your time in the society? Definitely one is like, I would say is like, talk about making a fool of yourself. Like that would be like something definitely like, you know, like how do you in a group come together? Like even no matter how weird the exercise sounds, how do you, understand and do something with it. Like, you know, some people were are naturally gifted with this. They like, they didn't know how to make and take anything and make like, you know, either uh, find a response to it or do something with it. And I guess like the word I'm, the word they would use is improvising, right? Mm. That's a great talent to have, especially like, you know, uh, in a corporate workspace and things, especially like, you know, for example, as an entrepreneur, you have to improvise all the time, maybe not in a comic sense, yeah. But you know, you really have to like have to improvise no matter what work is thrown at you. You just have to take it and go with it. Yeah. No matter, you can't just say like, nah, yeah, nah, it's not like, it's, it's like you, whatever work is thrown at you, you're like, oh, this feels weird. I don't think I have the right skill sets for it, but I need to figure it out within the next 24 hours. I will make something up with it. It might not be the best thing, hmm. but you go with it. So definitely one of the things is there is like, you, there's a bit, a bit of the go with it attitude that comes with it which mm. is, I think, great. 
another thing is just like you know how do you work with like i think i'm not sure like whether other side they ever taught me this like you know uh, in that sense like different skill sets exist like you know i'm a theater like lights person there's the costumes person there's like you know the director the producer all these like different people are there how do you work with each one of them to figure out what your role exactly is and how do you implement it right mm. definitely there some roles are more clear than the other like the director will definitely give you more like you know head start about where exactly what kind of mood you want to create with each like line of script mm. you know in, in that sense then there's the the stage handler will be the one who be saying oh these are the parts where all your monologue will happen so how do you light those particular parts you need to know with these people like where the actors are going to stand particularly mm. you know like whether certain costumes will be like uh not good for that particular lighting aspect of it right mm-hmm. so there's things like they which you have to learn like you know they are not exactly the same skill sets as yours but you have to learn to work with them mm-hmm. so there is like you know that, that aspect was definitely very handy you, you go there like when you talk to other people you you definitely learn how to like ask questions like which may not the other person might not think of like telling you but you have to like try that information out like you know like this particular situation what exactly do you want how do you feel about it and that helps in generally just anywhere you go as well mm-hmm. like when you go and ask and talk to people when you talk to them like especially when you uh where i work especially right now like you know when you use a broad term as public policy mm-hmm. everything falls under public policy because it's, it's such a broad term right it's similarly when it comes to entrepreneurship like you know like it's such a broad term mm-hmm. anything and everything can fall under it as long as you're trying to like create something new and it's something revolutionary it, it can be called entrepreneurship right mm. but the problem is like what industry you focus on there'll be a different way of doing it but there'll be like you still need to ask those questions to the other person to like gain that insight from that person that you could use it in your own work right mm. but the language that you speak will always be slightly different but you have to know the language to talk to each other right yeah and that's it. like theta helps in that sense also a little bit that way Yeah. that was college and i won't i won't spend time we can go hours and hours to unpack yeah. maju in college but moving on um to 2013 to you know around 2016 which was the phase wherein you know you just entered the, uh, the workforce you did a bunch of jobs walk me through what those years were um yeah definitely the dark years <laughs> why were they the dark years i mean just because again like you know like i was uh, when you compare like you know what how other people were right after like right after the graduation they had like some consistency whether they liked their job or not but they had something to go with it i like i said i had did a bunch of jobs like it was too many in that sense right so if let's take it off from point where you know like it's a final year everybody's like you know going for hiring again the same question comes to your mind what do i want to do right hmm. again there's the classic sense of like uh, consulting or banking right like and then I definitely missed that boat because I remember when the because in the beginning itself when consulting had come, I think I spent, I made like I wasn't sure I wanted to do it, but the last minute I tried to do it because they you know of course they had like there's always the that idea of FOMO, yeah. Like you know, I will be different, but I'm okay. I don't want to be that different. Don't I? I actually want some kind of security in my life. You oscillate so quickly between the two emotions, like ah yeah, like you know, like this is YOLO, but no, not that too YOLO. So you know, because like you know that Indian side kicks in very hardcore. like me i need some stability uh i mean like so i definitely try but i remember making some weird cvs talk and talk to about it talk fix one of my cvs it was uh, uh i think i borrowed a cv from gopal uh, but except for her she was appropriate for what she wanted to do but i didn't realize that because i was complete noob at that point her cv was basically purple 
So she said, I used that to send it to some other consulting thing, I remember. And Chuck, I asked Chuck to like, uh, look into it, like, you know, fix it. I think Chuck couldn't stop laughing for an hour or so. Like, he just like, he wouldn't tell me what's wrong also. He just kept laughing. He's like, bro, you got to change a lot of things in your life. So I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. But the, see, the thing was there, right? Like, you know, you're starting on something new. Like, uh, again, I wasn't sure what I want to do in that sense. And I think that uh, that phase where I should have been thinking about in that sense, like I was still, I guess, like, you know, taking in college in that way, right? Like, oh, this is our last year. Like, you know, that notion of like, that penalty of like, this is your last year in college. Mm. Again, that whole notion of like, this is going to be the best years of your life, bro. That all that, you know, like that situation happens, right? You know, you don't know when you're going to meet people, you know, all that situation, even though we're meeting people again and again. <laughs> but that idea is that you won't meet in the same setting. You'll not be in the same, you know, two foot by two foot campus. They would always bump into each other every hour or so, right? Uh, we won't have lunch, like, you know, for, especially for us rest people, we also used to having all our meals together, yeah. all sleeping in the same block, you know, literally just meeting each other on bathroom runs or like yeah. birthday runs, all of that situation was changing, right? So there was a, a sense of nostalgia as well in that way. Uh, so I guess there was like that in my mind, like, oh, like I, I wasn't thinking too much of the future in that sense. I was thinking more about like taking as much as I can in that point. Mm. But then when you start thinking about like what job I I was like, okay, like this is the time, you know, that I, I think I was looking, the world would be the experimental phase, right? So I decided to go into PR that time. The firm was called PR Actus, Practice. That's a nice catchy cue to it. Uh, so I joined there. I joined there for like, uh, I think four, four, five months, I think at max. I really didn't like the work at all. Uh, after, you know, having like being in college and, uh, and Stephens, you expect to go into this grand picture of doing all these great things, right? It just didn't match up in my head, you know, as a 20 year old who's just joining a workforce at that point, it didn't match what I wanted to do. And I, hence, I just left it. I didn't realize at the point of the day, no matter what industry you go into, you'll be the grant, no matter where you go. And grant means doing the grant work, which is basically, oh my God, mind numbing, boring work. It doesn't matter which industry, it's going to be the same. But in my hand, I, in my head, I was like, oh my God, up to the whole you know, that idea was there. But that didn't happen, of course. So that sucked. So. After that, like, yeah, I think like I was trying to figure out what I want to do again. I did a bit of theater on the side again. Like I started doing small stuffs in theater, freelance as a consultant, wasn't at all good at it. Just, a, just a game, you know, like everybody likes to use the word consultant, but at the end of the day, like you need to know, have some domain knowledge and the phrase take it till you make it has never sound truer until that point. Like at that point, like, you know, it was funny, like someone who was there the same age as me there, like he sounded so much more confident than me, like saying things. And I was like, dude, that's how I knew it was wrong. But he just sounded so right when he said it. I was like, maybe I should check it when I go back home in my small laptop, which I bought, I remember. That was also like a lesson there, right? Like, you know, like sometimes even though you're, if you're not confident about what you're trying to pitch, you need, you're not exactly anymore pitching the information anymore. You're trying to pitch the confidence that you have about the information. So then uh, from PR, I went to these random gigs, very lot of like theater, freelance consulting, which was not much. <laughs> yeah, joined Cap IQ. Cap IQ was good uh, in the sense that it was stable AF. Like, again, it was grunt work, but at the end of the day, I had learned my lesson at that point that, you know, like, no matter where you're going to join, like that flair, which you hear when you see your peers doing, you, you understand, you're going to start from the bottom, you're going to have to learn how to, like, balance expectations in that sense. Like, it was like, it was a bit of a shocker, but then you learned it. Like, you know, I guess that's the phase of the coming of age growing up situation. I guess that's the second part of my movie right there. It was somewhat of a stable salary. Somewhat, you know, you start to be able to enjoy things a bit more, right? Like when you are, when you're not you know, jumping around, hopping around a lot, 
thankfully like you know like my parents were there to like a little bit support me at the end of the day right like they were saying then like you are earning a salary but whenever they felt like you know i needed help i knew i could always turn my parents right so that was a safety net that existed for me i'm not sure that everybody can have has that at the end of the day right like that's the idea of like you know i'm sure my dad would not be very happy for me when i come back and be like pa little bit of help there all like i'm sure that would be drama there but at the end of the day i knew my parents were there for me cap iq was stable it started like you know we we started going to that whole that the gurgaon was happening spaces were opening up as well right like you know it's it sort of like felt a little bit reminiscent like uh, since i was also living with you guys that uh, a good point of pivot would be i moved from wasan kunj to belvedere uh, with you guys i moved in with you guys it was i think an almost another i would say like a solid adventure in its own right like i feel like college was one phase for us but i think gurgaon would be described as another phase for us all together they were called chapters chapter 1 chapter 2 and we are now in chapter 3 but chapter 2 was definitely our gurgaon phase yeah where i think not only did we learn about, about what we wanted to do but we also started thinking about our future then right i think together we all used to talk about things and the fact that we all had each other also was actually a game changer like i don't think many of our peers who went you know like right right after college many of our peers went to different parts of the country and and not only did they did not have the same like support network that we had they were out there on their own trying to find like new friends new job new peers everything was new for them it was a lot and then i think thankfully for us we had each other yeah so that was definitely like a big thing for us like you know we always had each other and even now we still do like as you talk about things yeah. uh and then yeah yeah things changed that with cap iq uh, and then one year in again the little क्या करना है जिंदगी में थिंक स्टार्ट ऑफ लाइक किक एंड आई शिफ्ट जॉब टू साइबर सिक्योरिटी व्हिच वाज अ लॉट इट वाज अ लॉट आई लर्नड अ लॉट बट इट वाज आल्सो लाइक अ लॉट इन जस्ट अ जनरल सेंस लाइक इट्स सॉर्ट ऑफ लाइक गिव मी अ शॉक अबाउट व्हाट लाइक इंडियन स्टार्टअप वुड लुक लाइक बट आई थिंक अराउंड दैट पॉइंट वाज बेसिकली दोस इयर्स आई स्पेंड लाइक आई थिंक दैट वाज आफ्टर दैट आई लेफ्ट फॉर न्यूयॉर्क आई थिंक दैट सॉर्ट डिस्क्राइब्स दैट पार्ट ऑफ द जर्नी सो इंटरेस्टिंग सो यू स्टार्टेड ऑफ इन पीआर वेंट टू एनालिटिक्स विद कैप आईक्यू and then you know when to start up and and cyber security i'm sure from that experience you learned a lot about yourself about how you see life talk to me about mm-hmm. some things which you know specifically you learned through that i would say rather turbulent uh, time of your life yeah i mean like it's like i would say just like wasn't this turbulent for me it was turbulent for everyone at the end of the day like it's mm-hmm. like no matter what like for example you talk about like how we were all together right on the outside of perspective like for example i would say bane right like when people use the word bane they're like bhai kya baat hai yaar you know wow like it's it's great but only you guys know like how internally it works right what are the pros and cons to it over there like yeah. you all like was like talking you had your own problems of like you know in that situation right because even though it was a great company to work at you had your own issues to think about right and, and that how is that that's a perspective we sort of carry on later on I mean, no matter what another person is doing he will be facing his own challenges in that job right or work or situation or relationship so it might look good on the outside like which is something i have to keep telling myself like you know like maybe that person is actually really enjoying which is great for that person but at the same time maybe for my own mental like health like you know to think about maybe it's not that great you know like maybe me wanting that situation like for myself It's just maybe like I might reach then and be like, oh, now yeah, this may be problem, eh? Will be problem, eh? You know, this maybe that sense of full satisfaction which you keep craving for might not really come out at all. Mm-hmm. You might be just thinking about the next best thing always. You know, like how for us was an undergrad degree to a job to our masters. You know, like it's always that very like, what's the next thing to think about? You know, like maybe now first, like since we stay, since one of us is also like got married, right? Like what is now marriage has to think about, right? Like you know, very set situation that way. Yeah, and that's it. Like you said, it always seems fun from the outside, 
but only when you are in the inside do you know how horrible it is and i think the quicker you just accept that you know it is the same for everybody it's not that it's hard for me and it's easier for somebody else pretty much everybody is in same boat um, and i think because right. we lived together we could see we could see the insides and yeah you're right i think everybody was exactly in the in the, in the same boat moving on from that uh, you landed up in the united states of america <laughs> so uh, indian homeboy dream america <laughs> the indian america dream <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so walk me through what made you decide that you were going to make this big move to the US. Um you had done a bunch of things, you know, PR, you know, Cap IQ, cybersecurity. You know what made you feel that I'm going to do public policy and I'm going to go to the US. Well, thought process was fairly simple actually. It was basically because of uh, our batch folks like and more pointedly I would say like Chuck actually just because I think around 2016 at some point you know everybody started talking about b-school everybody's like oh we have to talk about our safety you know reach you know secure you know all that phases you use for like b-school and everybody started like trying to figure out and I think at the same time I started thinking about for myself like you know like because Chuck was taking his GMAT Siri was doing his GMAT as well he was also doing that as well and everybody in that group was trying to figure out like Peter everyone was trying to like oh what exactly what sort of schools I want to do or like you know what score is required what kind of essay i need what kind of recommendation you know all that buzz was going very strong like and uh, i don't like i'm sure you remember it like it was, everybody was running around everybody was like like oh i need to get this best of this and that i need to study and like uh, since since we all living in the same house it's like we all get involved in it right like you know and then at some point you start thinking like okay what at, if everybody's talking about what they want to do for their masters like you know what do i want to do like what exactly if i want to spend x amount of money what would i want to do it in and that's when i started thinking about the things like i want to do like what i wanted to actually like see myself in like and without trying to see like what i'm already doing right now because in the end of the day like it was a very hard sell for me to like sell like what for my previous experience say like public policy is the way to go a lot of people say like that's not exactly a very traditional it's not exact it's not unique either but it's definitely not a traditional way to go into yeah. it as well like it's not like wow the you did you went like proper uh into policy work his research i mean it wasn't exactly uh so i started thinking okay so like okay i wanted to see whether i would be interested in doing something along those lines so then there was this one program called wilac uh it was like a month and a half or two months something like that uh it was basically you work with a mla in the parliament it's normal like you know like you have the the lamp like like the lamp fellowship except way more shorter like so short it was just like there was a cute version of it so i did that like it when they but it was interesting so that even though like all the sessions we had all the presentations they did all the activities exercises they did with us it was interesting it was engaging i really liked it at the end of the day i was like okay this seems like something i would be actually i would be interested in i would be i would be fine with it i started applying for policy schools in that sense proper went through recommendations then all that uh, letters normal gre sub which whatever comes under that whole baggage of applying applied and then i got into columbia which was trust me was still a shocker <laughs> bigger shock for my parents but yeah it was great like then i after I left for new york i think that was the it was simple as that it wasn't really any big situation where like i wanted to do policy i thought about it the reason why I, the thought trigger was because of like everyone in our batch who thought about oh they wanted to do something for their masters similarly that forced me to think also what do i want to do for my masters and then i tested out doing that uh, doing that by like policy thing and then i liked it so then i applied 
what I love about this is just like, hey, everybody's doing it. So let me just think about it. Let me do a bunch of things, apply and okay, I got in. Again, I know like I'm making it sound, but like I said, it's always like this cacophony of like emotions that go along with it, right? Because the end of the day, like you always want to try like the most like, you know, the safe routes at the end, you know, these are tried and tested. Like, and it's not like, I'm not saying like the people who are trying B-School, like they've been planning this for a reason because it's so competitive. Yeah. Like case studies, like I know for like, you know, we've got, like I've seen you guys, like both you and Chuck, everyone who's gone through it, like case studies are not a joke. Like when you go, it's a bad situation, you need to practice for it. So it's not like, I can understand why they have to do it. Like it's, it's, it's hard. Even for me, like the thought process is there, but the, even then also like you always have a hesitancy, right? End of the day, who knows what public policy is in, in India, right? When I come back to this country and I start working here, they, even now it's like for my parents trying to explain, they'll be like, huh, economics kar rahe. Like, you know, somewhat close to it. Right. So it's, it's not like it's a, it's a hard sell. It, it sounds like it's easy at this, but it's like, you know, because you were there as well. Like, you know how all of us, we had to sit, we had to rewrite the things. It's not like, uh, again, it wasn't a happy-go-lucky situation. Like, I know it sounds like I just explained in one sentence, yeah. but it's again, it's a lot of like that emotion, a lot of FOMO as well, right? Because at the end of the day, B-school, business, the salary, everything comes in the factor, right? You know, the loan, everything has to be like taken into account. So there's a lot of like variables that go into the decision-making. So, so talk to me about your experience at, at Columbia, New York. I'm, I'm sure it was a blast, but, but walk me through like the, the biggest highlights of your time in, in NYC. Yeah. Oh, NYC. Oh my God. Before you go on, you have to tell me how you decided to get so deep into photography. So please weave that in. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I was clicking photos in Delhi itself, but nobody wanted to photos click by me. It's only when I left for New York, I don't know what happened. I went to New York, people were like, ah, yeah, Before that, because I remember, because I took my camera along with me uh, to Amritsar. Like, I think there was a whole brain group had gone to Amritsar. I started taking photos, like even before, like from the Birga house, I would go for little photo walks by myself. Uh, so I was experimenting then. So I was definitely taking photos, like before I left for New York. And that I think is just thanks to my, again, to my, for my, to my mom. Because my mom bought a camera for my dad, but my dad didn't want to use it. So it was just lying in the house for like, I don't know, four years or something. Never would have bought a camera because it's so expensive, right? But then that, so I have to thank my mother for giving me that camera. Because so, that sort of like made me realize to like go deeper into photography. I realized I wasn't bad at it. So that's made me continue doing it as, even as a side hustle in New York. Like I continue doing like, I do photo gigs at New York with my camera. So it's definitely like something I have to thank my mom for. Mm-hmm. And my dad not taking it up as well. It's like a good combo. So wait, you do photo gigs. That means like people pay you to click pictures. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a funny situation, but yeah. Why, why is it funny? I mean, because like, I never thought of it. <laughs> like, you know, like it sounds very like, you know, like in my mind, I was like a photographer in New York. <laughs> like, you know, it's not exactly what I was thinking of, you know, like, again, it wasn't planned, right? I wasn't thinking like, ask me camera, kridunga lesson. you know, like it wasn't like, it just happened that I got the camera and it worked out. I mean, there are many things that I've tried that didn't work out. <laughs> so I know that for sure. Yeah. But then this is one thing. 100% man. Like I think for me, same with DJing, right? The point where I was like, somebody's willing, willing to pay me money for like a Sangeet. And I'm like, what the <laughs> hell is happening? <laughs> but okay, man, you want me to play? I'll play. Give me money. <laughs> exactly. You're like, oh, yeah. Okay, you want me to do it? I'll do it. <laughs> like, but there's always that sense. I, I'm not sure like if whether even you're doing your DJing, you had that sense of awkwardness when people ask you, what's, what, what's your rate? 
Oh, absolutely. And then you're like, am I, since I'm starting out, should I charge an exorbitant rate? But this is what the rate is, the normal rate. But they, they, will they know that I'm not exactly like a professional professional? Because like, again, you just take photos like when you're traveling and all, right? You're not exactly yeah. like, it's not your first and foremost, like primary source of income, right? Yeah. So you're not like, how do you charge something which you're not sure about yourself? Like in that sense. Yeah. I remember being exactly in the same spot. And one thing I learned is we do ourselves such a disservice by being like, Oh, you know, we are just starting off. It doesn't matter. This is the price. Either you want my service or not. If you're not going to pay me anyway, I don't care because I'm not doing it for the money. And Mm -hmm. if you pay me amazing. Right. So, yeah. So yeah. Like I think what I learned is just charge exorbitantly. And you know what? In something like, for example, in DJing, the price you charge sort of signals the quality you are. So if you charge too low, people perceive you worse than you actually are. But there's another thing you definitely learned from great is like, how do, you, how do you negotiate your rates as well? Like, you know, end of the day, when you realize some clients, you just like, oh, you, you know, this is your rate, but then you offer it and what's the negotiation back and forth. You're trying to find out what they're, because at the end of the day, you realize people have a certain budget. Yeah. And you want to, you don't want to. And then you will do the gig, no plan. You because then you know, like you want to practice on photography sometimes, so you do it even for free at that point. Yeah. But you want to also like how do you put a rate that would max like that would take full utilization of their budget, but also yeah. sort of give some sort of income for you. So that's it's a very interesting negotiation as well sometimes. Yeah, give give me an example of you doing this negotiation. One of the things from CPA that taught me was also negotiation classes as well there. Uh and it's very helpful, very handy actually. Uh it may be something which you could also just do on just like or another separate talk to someone itself. Like it's very important like to learn how to negotiate because it's it's just not a very simple like applying a certain base of rules. It's a lot of emotions that involve a lot of like perception that you need to like draw out as well. So when you go in there, like normally you charge like this is like in your mind you have a price. Like it's almost like a line in a way. First is like the in the middle is the price that you think would you would be comfortable like uh, charging, like you taking the money for like how much you would charge for. On top of that, you put a layer because you know, at the end of the day, like the layer you put on the top, if you get that additional layer, it's great. You like go ask for party fit types. But if you don't, you always know when you negotiate, you can always go lower to the price that you find acceptable. Mm. But at the same time, there's also the other end of the spectrum where you need to have your bare minimum where you have to know, learn how to just say no, and especially with someone who's like, for us, it's still easier because you know, this is not a primary source of income, like where there's DJing, it's like, it's easier for us to say no, because we know like you always have an alternate source of income. Right. Mm. But for someone who's like a pro DJ or pro professional photographer who does it for a living, sometimes you just need to bring in income. Right. And sometimes that because of that need that forces you to go beyond that bare minimum, which you, which you kind of deem acceptable for yourself. Mm. You forget that, you know, you lose that power to say no, mm. but if you have internally, I feel in your mind, like this is your lower limit, like beyond that, like, you know, and this is where you draw your hard line. And that's how most of the time it happens. Like, I, like you say, Charles put a really high layer on the top. They'll be like, so the budget is actually only this much, you know, and once you know what their, what their budget is, you will always or I have the ability to be like, oh, either ask them to expand it a little bit more and accommodate you. Or you say like, you know, at the end of the day, like you realize depending on their own context, whether it's a small NGO, whether someone who's a startup, you know, they have a limited budget anyways. There's no point trying to squeeze them for more. Like for them, it's like more of an altruistic way of trying to create a better platform for them. So you say like, okay, within your budget, I accept that thing. But if you know there's some high flying short, but I was like, oh, for the model, <laughs> like I just need to create a portfolio for myself. Then, you know, like you, there's more room to maneuver. Like, you know, like this is going to be a, like a long-term product which you're creating for yourself to sell yourself. So you want to invest in it. 
when you're investing into something. So you try to see it, change your sales pitch a bit along those lines. Mm-hmm. So it's in that sense, like a negotiation. Remember your line, your layer, your, your, your what you're comfortable with and what's your bare minimum which you want to go below. And that's, I guess, also like salary negotiation in a way. What, what's the most memorable shoot? A, a great one or the most like most weird one? I mean, like most of my photography has just been by traveling though. What the really weirdest? I don't think I have any weird ones though. Which ones are you it's most proud of? Proud of? I think I'm more than like the, because I, I don't think I'm uh, like, I'm proud of my travel photography more than anything mm. else. I wouldn't say like, like this is a source of income. It's been nice. Like it, we do meet some interesting people. I remember for one modeling, there was this girl, like she was in a, she, I think she was in a team. Her agent was this guy who wrote like, helped wrote the song for like, I think, you know that song, Waiting for Tonight? Yeah. The general affairs song. He was the guy who helped write that song apparently. Oh, wow. And then I was like, I'm sitting on the phone, I'm listening, I'm like, I don't know if he's just like bullshitting me because he was like, I don't know whether I should be hyped up or not. Like in that sense, right? You know, like, you don't know how to think this thing, but like it was, it was very interesting when you meet these people, like these music managers and all the time, like pay these portfolios, right? Uh, so it's like interesting that way. But I would say it's weird. I don't think I've had a weird photo shoot. Nothing like, you know, I have to, I have to like, like take photos of, I don't know, feet or something. <laughs> I haven't reached that level yet. <laughs> so tell me more about uh, Colombia, man. You do you did a, a a year or two year masters? Two year masters. I did a two year masters uh, in SIPA. It was in development practice. Uh, it was a small program. It was almost like compared to the other programs, you were for good or for bad. You were almost like a family. Mm. So we all were very closely mm-hmm. knit. So that helped a lot. And as terms of experience, it was great. Like like any other institution, like to give the caveats about it, like. Again, like for example, like when people talk about Stephens, it's a great, it was a great call, it was a great experience. There was nothing like really great about the academics, like in that sense. Like I think again, it was just like, as you said, from the outside, it looks wow. But inside, we all know that the failings of what the institution looks like. And something similar can be told for like SIPA as well. Like again, SIPA was a great school. The people we met were amazing. It was a great experience altogether. But then again, it had its own problems for sure. One could say that they're working more harder to work on it compared to other places. But it, I would definitely say like there was a lot of things they could work on. But compared to an Indian institution, for sure, it's definitely good to see like increasing levels of like, you know, what a better institution could look like. But yeah, overall was great. Like I think my courses wise, the, the variety of people you met, uh, they were all over from all over the world. The courses themselves were all from across different industries. It definitely created a situation again in your, in your mind where what exactly do you want to do? All of a sudden you had all these different options opening up. All of a sudden you're like, wait, what kind of industry you want to specialize in? What kind of like, uh, uh, skill sets you want to develop, you know, like what do you want? Like again, those questions start coming up again. Like, and it was very good, very intense, very lot of formal was happening for sure. Because like you see other people taking a, a certain class, a certain set of classes which will define their skill set. You're like, maybe I should do that also. Mm. But that situation was there again. It was great. I think with learning experience was great. Music wise, expanded so much. Uh, definitely, I would throw in like you know, praise for like Afrobeats and reggaeton, like game changing for the first time and saw like you know going to this places away for dancing like oh my lord like amazing absolutely loved it cuisine wise as well you know like i think one thing like just being indian like the benefit of us was we always knew how to like move to different cultures that definitely helped like you know no matter what in the end of the day like that the beauty of this being indian was just like you would see new cuisine you a uh, new like culture you always know how to like start approaching it like the fact about how you actually appreciate other culture, how you imbibe it, incorporate it also sometimes, you know, like, and not in terms of like appropriation, but I was just like incorporating it. Like, you know, like 
he has a South Indian aware like of like you know kurta which is more North Indian like you know like things like that you know like how do you appreciate and incorporate like it's it's it helps over there as you go internationally. So I think we better we are better equipped in that way. I completely agree that you know because we've come from like an amalgamation of cultures, we are find it easy to assimilate. But I don't think that's the case with all Indians. I think some, or at least with my limited experience when I've left India, there are some group of people who are so like, we are just going to eat dal and chawal and roti, irrespective of whatever cuisine is available. And my question to like, you is, do you think it had to do anything to do with? you know you being from the army and just having to like you know move around or is it just a generic indian thing see partly could also tell me as a person growing up in the army background there is definitely that aspect as well but i think it also depends like how you choose because for example stephens right we all came from different backgrounds like we're looking at the, like five of us used to live together like like nadu was from kashmir uh you and louis were from goa You are like a hybrid, actually. Better you, you are funny the way you go. Like you have a little different ball game also. Yeah. Chuck was from like you know Calcutta, Bengal. I was from like Tamil Nadu. Like you know, like we all had like different cultures in that sense. Like, but like you would but flip off for everything when like when Louis would bring back food from home. You know, like you know his mom would freeze that uh, in those like you know yeah. that uh, silver packets. Like what she would bring and free or like frozen food. Like you would flip out for that golden food, man. Similarly, like you know, Chuck would like like you know all like Bengali food and all like you know he talking so much about Bengali cuisine in that sense, right? And like and when like Nadim had us over for like Eid and all. Yeah. Like I know his uh, family has a very weird, <laughs> funny like you know image of me. Never stop eating. This lying down <laughs> on the side, having kava, having another round too. You know, it's like. It's a but like, you know like there's appreciation of like you know sitting on the mat and eating a meal together, all of that like we learn to go into that situations right. It's not like we every day do that. And it's it's I wouldn't say like it's just unique to me as well. So someone who's come from an army background, I think it's just like we had that like you know they had chance to like experience that coming from like college. Like depends again from person to person where they experience whether they taught themselves or not. But we all have that. Like it's not just like. Me just because of me from my army background, like all of us, like yeah, have that ability to do that. It's not that that's just me. We all have that ability to go and meet new people that way. There might be like situations of having language barrier, for example. That's like a hard barrier to cross, right? When that was like we had a very strong uh, Malayali community in Stephens, right? You sort of picked up Malayalam, like uh, Malayalam, like there were a few words of Malayalam, right? Yeah. We don't, we don't, we can't speak Malayalam for sure, but we still picked up a few words, right? Yeah. And that same thing I could pick up and give it even here, like for example. We had a very strong, uh, like, community, like a Latin American community, right? Like from the different Latin American countries that come. The one thing they had together was they could all speak Spanish, and right? they could always form a group together that way. And when you're with them, you automatically feel there was that language barrier, right? Yeah. But that would not even like back then and now. So that would not stop us from like you know meeting and interacting with them, right? Even though we know we're not able to like that because of that language barrier, we're not able to crack the same jokes. We're not able to get inside that you know like. Feel of a conversation. We can't like contribute even like you know uh, very intellectually like you know like statements as well because we'll be fumbling for words. But that wouldn't ever stop us, right? In that sense, even in, whether it was in Stephens or now in Colombia for me, you would still attempt. You would try to understand. You pick up few words, right? Like you would try to adapt to it. Is what I would say. And we all do that. I'm sure um, New York has a bunch of amazing things in the city. But what's the thing you love the most about the city? I think the most I think I would love about New York is just the fact like how random it can be. Like think about the most randomest thing, and it can happen. Literally, there's such a high probability for it happening. It's it's amazing. Again, as a city, it has its own problems, but like as a the beauty of it is, it's at least for our generation, it's going to be one of those cities that you always hear and see about. 
whether it's in songs or movies it's one of those things it's like one of the most highly exported ideas of the us to other countries like to us every time we see when you think of the us at least for me like you growing up you'll always see all those uh, movies armageddon or there was independence day all is like you know old school movies somehow the other always land up in new york yeah <laughs> even now actually the avengers and all it all happens in new york for some reason so there is that alert to it and i still i think i do definitely buy into it a bit is it is it worth the hype oh definitely worth the hype but then again it's worth the hype for my limited experience what i've experienced till now for all i know there's going to be other places which i haven't seen till now you never know like for example i was singapore great things about singapore as well and city wise havana cuba was also great mexico city is another place is great like that's another place i would consider nairobi when i they worked there for a short time was also great how long do you think you're going to be in new york i mean it depends i guess it also depends again like work because it's a very expensive city uh it's so expensive it's ridiculous actually at a point uh whether it's for rent or going out it's not a cheap city at all to live in it's it's funny how friendly it is to immigrants but at the same time it's uh, cost wise it's it's not at all friendly it's uh, no matter how much you are you'll always be like oh wow it's a struggle to figure out living in new york somehow the other they've managed to turn such a like hardship into a charm like they've said like you know living in one small one bhk two foot by two foot room is just like oh my god rustic like you're sitting in my fire escape it makes it sound so wow but in the end of the day you're living in a small box <laughs> like you look at it we lived anywhere else in that box you'd be like fuck i'm living in a box but in new york you're like ha chalo new york with the box new york with the and at least this box in that sense i don't know how long but let's see uh, i think to maybe you know wrap up if you were to go back to maju in 2010 what advice would you give if 2010 maju and 2020 maju about the same you know still <laughs> doing the same things same mistakes uh, same wins but that's the thing i don't know if there's any particular advice because the end of the day like you said like this journey has been like i've told before actually that like journey's been so random i don't know what advice would i give to show that ensure that i would come here again right it's a boon or a pain i don't know but it's it's as random as it gets like i'm not sure whether i would say like take that job go to another place because like, any other day like i said the people i've met people i've lived with for example the two chapters i've had sort of inform my third chapter like and i don't know what piece would i tell to improve or remove that would change it into a better way because i guess that's the beauty of this randomness in that way you just don't know what is right or wrong you just it happens so so when when you look back is there anything you would have done differently uh i don't know uh, differently i don't know, i think i feel like everybody has that you know thoughts you know like after moment regrets like maybe i should have done it that way maybe i could have done it this way and i think it's good it sort of like informs what i want to do in the future it sort of tells you like maybe the next time i do this maybe i should think about doing it the other way but i don't think i would say i would want to change anything per se it's it's been great it's been a great 10 weird years like i said no there was no there's no beginning or end it's just like ho raha hai ho raha hai dekh pandemic bhi ho gaya i was like wow that's not a check mark done <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen man so it's great that way cool great man thanks a ton for taking time man and uh, really appreciate this i look forward to doing this conversation again in the, in the next 10 years ha yaar pura kar denge chronicle kar denge fir se and that's a wrap 
Thanks for listening to this week's episode and I hope you enjoyed the conversation. You can check out more episodes on Anchor, Spotify, or wherever else you consume your podcasts. I upload new episodes every Friday. See you in the next one.